This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, Community Radio for Dublin 15. Alright guys, it is Tuesday, you're listening to Recipe here in Phoenix 92.5 FM, my name is Daryl Connor. thank you for joining me as always, you're also checking us out on Nerd to Know Media and all of our iTunes feeds there with association with Wrestleview.com. Uh again, this week we have another um, clip from Freelance Wrestling Rewind to get the full show, go over to Freelance Wrestling Rewind or the True Penny Show, so guys enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Freeland Wrestling Rewind. My name is Mike Freeland, and I am going to be joined this week by my good, longtime dear friend, Mr. Dara O'Connor. Dara, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, Mike. I'm good. A bit annoyed that I can't get my ticket sorted, but other than that, I'm good to go. You know what? I've had that same situation before. You want to go to a show. You're excited to go to a show. They tell you where to go to buy your ticket, and then it all turns into a big cluster mess. Yeah. Particularly support, trying to get support while you're in Ireland dealing with a, a West Coast company. You're like, this is this is a nightmare. But you know, On behalf of the United States, we apologize. It's okay. It could be worse. Like trying to deal with Irish companies is often far <laughs> worse. <laughs> but, well, you know, we'll we, will be, we will definitely uh, do our very best to make sure that customer support makes sure that you get your tickets for your show. What show are you looking to go see? So I'm, if anyone follows me on the Twitter or Instagram or whatever, uh, has probably seen me post about – actually, wrestling fans should notice uh, – see me post about uh, the artist known as Poppy. And she actually did the music for NXT TakeOver recently, her song Nice. X. Um, and she's super weird, dude. Like, she's a, a YouTube um, internet kind of star, basically. But her music is actually really good. And she's like an art project. So the fact that I'm going to be over in San Francisco there, I have to go see her. And, uh, you know, I, I would kick myself if I didn't get, if I didn't get a chance. But, um, yeah, if if, you, if any of the fans listening now were, were interested in what they heard, maybe I'd take over, you know, buy your album and check it out. It's, it's unlike anything else you'll hear. I'm going to have to go ahead and I'll, I'll plug that as well. I'll make sure I throw that up on Twitter as well. Um, over at mine, which is at Mike Freeland, if you are interested in the artist known as Poppy, she will be in San Francisco and uh, we'll send you a link where you can hopefully purchase tickets to the show. Mm. You, can you, know, you can purchase the tickets. You just can't get the tickets. You, <laughs> <laughs> they'll take your money, oh, but yeah. they just won't confirm that you have entry to the building. Yeah, yeah. Why does it sound like WCW? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Guys, we have so many things to talk about this week, but we're excited to take you down the road that was the last seven days in professional wrestling. So many things are going on right now. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, AEW, what's going on with Brock Lesnar and Batista, and so much more. But, you know, I do want to let you guys all know that the reason why we're even available the reason why we're able to do this show is because the Freeland Wrestling Rewind is brought to you by The True Penny Show. Catch James True Penny and his cast of characters as they go through everything that is professional wrestling in Japan. You can catch them anywhere fine podcasts are made available. They are at The True Penny Show on social media or if you would like to contact the man himself. His name is James True Penny. You can follow him at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. The True Penny Show, the reason why the Freeland Wrestling Rewind is available to you. 
All right, Dara. So a lot of things been going on. The Royal Rumble happened. NXT TakeOver happened. Obviously, those are in our rearview mirror. We're looking forward to the next installment of what's going to be happening in the WWE. That means Elimination Chambers down the road. But let's kind of start off the program by talking about an individual that it kind of surprises us in a way. But yet, the more you look at the situation, maybe it shouldn't be as surprising that he is feeling the way he is. And I'm referring to Mr. Dean Ambrose. Now, we've recently found out more information about what's going on with Dean and why did he inform WWE that he would not be re-signing a new contract. So, Dara, I'm going to throw it to you first. Let's start the program off with a little Dean Ambrose and what do we know right now about his current situation? Well, when we were talking last time around, we didn't really know anything about this. This was just a rumor. Um, and it, to be fair, it was a rumor that had you know quite good grounding. Um, but I was still kind of ah, you know, it sounds a bit, sounds a bit like the dirts, you know. Um, <laughs> and then that's confirmed. You're like, okay, well, let, let let's kind of break it down. Dean seems like a very serious dude. You know, he doesn't like. He does, apparently, he doesn't like the goofy side of things. You know, he's he's not a fan of it. Um, and the the past couple of years, he's kind of been portrayed as goof. Not only that, mm-hmm. apparently the the shield heel turn based on when Roman Reigns was diagnosed with leukemia, he did. Apparently, he wasn't a fan of that either. <laughs> so I d- actually don't blame him. You know, I I honestly don't blame the fact that he. Um, this happened to him, you know, and he's like, you know, well, I kind of want to to do to do something different and maybe go off and, you know, try his hand either in AEW or in Japan or wherever. So I totally get where he's coming from. And I, I do think it's the fact that when he's kind of done everything, you know, he's a triple crown champion. He's won every belt you pretty much can in WWE. Um, and there's not really much else left for him there. And if he's not going to be able to do something creatively in the rest of his career, you know, why not move on? Now, do I think he'll be back? Yes. 100%. But, I think it'll be like, five to ten years. So you think that he'll definitely reappear, resurface in WWE, but it'll probably be quite some time um, before we do see him back in uh, in the universe, correct? Yes. Yes, I do, and it, it's it's because no one really leaves the WWE, you know, for long periods of time. Even Punk, mark my words, Punk will be back in about fifteen years when the money runs out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with Dean Ambrose, I just think he's like, years. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like he'll come back and he'll be like, hey guys, one more run, best in the world, and all that, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, Marvel Comics, you know, they can only pay the bills for so long, but. Um, Hold on, at that point in time, he might just be the best in the building. <laughs> well, to him, he's still the best in the world, you know? And it's That's like, true. In his own mind, that is correct. Oh, my God. Actually, a friend of mine says, you know, uh, awful friend CM Punk, or awful, awful friends Phil, Phil Brooks for what he did with Colt Cabana. But, um, I don't know, I'm not that harsh with CM Punk. But I do think, you know, he'll be back. And at the end of the day, WWE have that ability to just bring whoever they want back. You know, in reality, they can, no matter who they are. And I think, you know, Dean Ambrose, he's still on good terms, but, you know, he is legit friends with the lads in the Shield, and, you know, maybe when Roman Reigns gets healthy, uh, they'll do something in about five years, but this is very, this this whole situation, 
is very similar to what happened with Christian Cage, actually. For me, that's what it feels like. It feels like Christian Cage, Kurt Angle, where they're like, well, okay, we've done everything here. We know what's ahead of us isn't what we want. So what else can we do? And both those guys had incredible careers in TNA. And that's kind of what we're going to see. That's what it feels like. Well, I mean, as far as the information that I've heard, it's real similar to what you've heard. He was just kind of tired of the hokey, goofy, comical type of stuff. And recently what he's done, wearing a gas mask, I think that was kind of dumb. I think when, since he came back from his injury, I feel like things have been even more so mm. over the top. Yeah. And I think he was hoping for kind of a fresh start with the new look, the new hairstyle, the you know the, the facial hair. But it it really it really did not lend itself to being a rebirth of the character itself. It just became kind of a another sideshow that Vince McMahon likes to throw out there. And I feel like it's a shame because you're really wasting some really good talent there. But I, I would agree with you with. You know, in regards to is he frustrated when the cancer diagnosis came down and the shield was involved in that? Was that done in in good taste? No, I I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think it was done in really poor taste. Do I think he's been utilized in the best capacity? I don't. Then again, I don't feel like a lot of guys in WWE are used in the, the best way possible. But he has won major championships. You said before he's made a lot of money. And at this stage of his life, if he'd like to go ahead and take a walk and try something new, who's to blame him? You know, who's to blame him from doing that and then maybe one day coming back again? Look at Cody Rhodes. You know, Cody Rhodes was fed up with all the the antics that he was being put through. I mean, they made him stardust. Stardust. And now he's with the Young Bucks. I I don't know. I just – I I, I know you're you're a fan of that, aren't you? I like Stardust. I thought it was great. Okay. See, I I just – I don't know. I I feel like he was talented enough to be his own guy. He wasn't And to to be Cody and – I don't know. Look, sorry for interrupting you, but I don't know. Look, I – I I hate Cody Rhodes. <laughs> oh I, I I I hate Cody Rhodes. I'm like, tell me how you really feel, Tara. I, I don't know why. I just see his face and I'm like, oh, just oof, you know, I hate you so much, you know. And I don't even know why. Like, it's not nothing personal. I'm just like, it's 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 like for me, he's like X Pac, but with a more annoying face, and he has the stupid hair. And I'm like, go away, you know. So anytime yes. I <laughs> anytime I see him, it's just full-on go away heat you know so a stardust i'm like oh you're interesting this is this is kind of fun uh, you know uh, sorry sorry <laughs> i just hate him so man much. the minute i mentioned stardust you're like what this is bull come on you know, stardust is great, man. I, I guess the, the the analogy i was trying to make here is that he left mm. he made a a larger name for himself and then obviously he had the opportunity to come back if he so desired obviously yes. he didn't want to but I think you know the old phrase. Sometimes you got to go away to be able to come back. Yeah, and I, but I think yeah, you you also have to go away to maybe make your employer realize what they had and now what they don't have. Mm. If that makes sense as well. Well, that's what that's what you I was know? saying to you with Christian Cage and Kurt Angle. You know, it, right? And it, even you know, go further back to WCW when uh, the Macho Man left mm-hmm. to go to WCW from WWE because he was a commentator. Then I think it's a case of these guys are given something and they're like, well, look, I'm. I'm able to obviously do more than what I want 
uh, sorry, than what I'm being presented here by my current employer. So I'm going to go off and do something else. And I'm not. I'll never hold that against a wrestler, you know. And I think it it, it is the smart move because he's still fairly young, you know. He still has a good couple of years ahead of him. But you know, <laughs> you're not feeling the lunatic fringe. I feel I, this is this is really difficult for you right now, isn't it? It is. I. I Look, I, I love the shield. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a proper like proper mark for the shield. Uh, they're sound guys as well. I've actually met them in person, and they're like the coolest dudes ever. But I hate Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I just hate him so much. <laughs> he's wow. My new, he's my new John Cena. Actually, just when it's mentioned, I just see red. I'm like, oh. Who do you? Okay, hold on a second. We're gonna we're gonna pause the whole show here. <laughs> so let's just name the people that you despise. Okay, because okay. I know there's I know there's there's a few. Okay, so. so obviously Cody, yeah, you you threw X Pac in there. Uh, oh no, X Pac is all right when he's you know okay when he's being X Pac, but he has the X Pac heat, you know, where it's like okay. go away heat. Um, so you hate John Cena, okay? Uh, not the which, man, not the man or the actor, just the wrestler. The character. Yeah. Let's make sure we 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 qualify this. Yeah, the I, character as a man, okay. you know, he, he's done a lot of really good things, you know. Right. Uh, as a, as an actor, I actually quite enjoy John Cena as an actor. But as a wrestler, he's the worst thing to happen to the world since communism. <laughs> so since what? Since communism. So oh it's. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> so don't think we can go very much deeper than that. Yeah. However, who else? Who who, who else grinds your gears, as Peter Griffin would say? Who grinds my gears. Um. Oh, um, Bubba Ray Dudley. I don't like him as a man or human. Um, <laughs> you don't like him as a member of the human race. No, Bubba Ray Dudley. No, thank you. No, thank okay. You. Um, is there a reason why? Is it? Is it the? Uh, oh man, he's just a tool. You know, like a massive, massive, massive a hole. Um, well, so is Scott Steiner. Oh uh, yeah, but Scott Steiner makes up for in wrestling ability and personality. And that promo from TNA, you know, makes up for everything. It's totally where he, fine. Tr- where he does the math. Yes, that's incredible. Actually, funny story, true story. <laughs> After that promo ends, when it cuts back yeah. to the crowd, you can see me standing there with a puzzled look on my face, going, "What the hell?" Oh, uh, you got it. We gotta find you. We gotta freeze frame that. Yeah, that but is classic. But what's funny about like random impact episodes until they went to HD from about two thousand, from the end of two thousand seven. To until they went HD, me, but myself and my dad randomly pop up in episodes of Impact. Um, because what they do, I was there for like a rake of tapings, and what the reason why is because they just reuse crowd footage over and over again. So I remember I copped this because I was watching one time like a year later, and my dad just shows up on Impact. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, what? What? We haven't been there in ages. So yeah, we just randomly show up, but there's a big block of tapings that I'm just in, and that's one of them. So. Uh, fun fact awesome. but yeah it, it, that's kind of like my rundown of hated performers um, you know th- there's very few people who I hate in the wrestling industry but yeah mm-hmm. they're the top of it oh and Bobby Lashley feck Bobby Lashley oh, oh, hold on a second so let, let as far as Bobby Lashley goes are you do you hate him or are you just more frustrated and annoyed by him it's not look, it, it's only because you know when I see him all he's thinking about was golf. Right, right. And I'm like, I do not want to watch someone who's not here mentally. It's like, just do your job. You know, it's it's like when it's like when you you know, you go to a shop and there's a clerk there and they're on their phone, it's like, I just want to get out of here. 
here's the money, you know. Bobby Lashley's <laughs> like that, but a wrestler. He's just thinking, you know, he's the equivalent of a 15-year-old girl going, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> That's Bobby Lashley, but it's, he's thinking about golf. Was, wasn't there a golf uh, character at one point in time? I'm Karen, trying to remember. Didn't Chavo Guerrero? Yeah, Kieran White. Oh, my God. The that's so bad. Yeah. That's so bad. That would not go over in 2019 at all. That's up there with beaver cleavage. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That was, uh, was that Thrash or Mosh from uh, I think it was, the Headbangers? It was Mosh. Mosh. Yeah. Beaver cleavage. Wow. That, that's We're going deep else. with the lore today, guys. Deep with the lore. We are. We very much are. But bringing it back here, full circle here to Dean Ambrose. So are you are you thinking that he – okay, let me, let me phrase it this way. Where would you think that he would most likely end up? I think he'll do the circuit. Um, obviously, he will go to AEW. I think that's, that just makes sense. Um, right. I can see him maybe do a run in Impact Wrestling actually. Um, well, that was my next question. Do you think that there's a shot at Impact Wrestling? There's always a shot. You know, I, I, they're not the same company as they were. And it would be silly for me to rule that out. Silly for anyone to rule it out. But AEW is obviously the more sexy option. But right. if Impact are like, here, look, we have this cool idea. Here's a wheelbarrow full of cash. Um, they're going to, yeah, I think he'd, he'd give it a shot, you know. Um, but AEW is probably more realistic. Uh, so you would say more AEW than even New Japan? As I said, I, I honestly feel if you're if you're putting a gun to my head and say decide, um, I can see him do the circuit. So popping up on New Japan, popping up in Ring of Honor, and then circling back around either for a longer stint of Impact Wrestling or AEW. That's what I foresee myself. So I guess my thought would be where would I think that we would see him. Mm. I think there's a couple different places, but I think one place definitely, I think MLW would definitely be a place that good would. Shout. What's that? Good shout. I think it, I think it would be, mm. I think court Bauer is definitely making a lot of changes and he's changing the way that the wrestling product is being presented to the audience. And he's even gone on Twitter and said, you know, listen, we're going to give an alternative to what you are currently viewing when it comes to this industry. So I would not be surprised whatsoever. they got a great roster there right now. It would not hurt to obviously beef it up with some people, do a little shock value right there as far as getting maybe some names that you wouldn't think that would appear there. But I think that he definitely would have a shot at, at MLW. I think that would be a big one. I think Ring of Honor would definitely be a big one. I think with the Bucks and Cody – you know, not being a part of Ring of Honor, I think they may be wanting to try to fill that void a little bit. It wouldn't hurt to go ahead and sign somebody like that as well. So I think MLW, I think Ring of Honor definitely would be my one and two. My third one would be probably AEW. My fourth one would probably be New Japan. And unfortunately, at the bottom of the barrel would be uh, Impact Wrestling, formerly mm. known as TNA. So... But I think he's definitely got a lot to offer. He's yeah. a talented, talented performer. He's got decent mic skills. I think he's been, you know, really criticized about his mic skills, but I think he is good. So it'll he's, be really interesting to see what happens here. He's good when he's given the right material, you know, and I, they really kind of cut, you know, what's off when recently. And that's half the problem. You know, like if you take away what Dean Ambrose is as a performer, 
um, you're going to have a bad time, you know? And that's kind of what happened. They're like, oh, Dean Ambrose is so boring now. It's like, yeah, because you didn't make him Dean Ambrose. You made him something right. else. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's half the problem. And I don't think WWE in their, their, their wisdom um, decided that this was the best course of action. Even the fact that everyone was like, no, it's a bad idea. But they did it anyway. It's a lesser extent what they did with Punk. But the difference is, you know, I don't think Dean Ambrose is going to be an idiot and try to fight for real, you know. Well, let, let's actually do this. I think this would be a lot of fun for an episode. Let's try to find out if we can, if it's possible. It may, it may not be. Who are the creative writers for WWE? Let's find them. Their names. And then we'll spend an episode and we'll go down their credentials. And kind of go over the things that they've worked on. Guys, and, we, yeah, I, and here's the thing. If we do that, Mike, guys, you can't at them. You can at us, but you can't at the writers. I agree. Yeah. Please keep all of your comments directed towards us. This is a, this is an expose. Because let's think about this, Dara. When we talk about how frustrated we are with the characters and the directions that they go in, hmm. you know, I think a big thing is, well, who is who is putting the words in their mouth? And let's find out who those people are. Because I think a lot of people look at it and they automatically say Vince, Vince, because he's the guy who has, you know, he has the power over the main roster. But let's find out who exactly is working behind the scenes. Mm. So I think, I think that, that would be I, very interesting. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good, a good, um, a good idea. And the thing about it is, I don't know if you've ever listened to the, what's it called? This is wrestling podcast or we want wrestling podcast. I have not had a chance, but I've, I've heard good things. Yeah, you know, and he, Dave Logano was a writer for ECW and SmackDown a couple of years ago, and he kind of explained what actually happened. So I would say, you know, when we do do that show, um, mm-hmm. listen to maybe um, Dave Logano, you know, it, because it's not their fault as such. You know, <laughs> like there's times where they would write something and then Vince would come in and change it straight away and it's like okay you know and we've heard how many times we've heard that before where like Wrestlemania has changed on a dime apparently going back to the Ambrose the, the decision to turn on Roman Reigns was that day so it's like you know how can you write to something like that imagine going in and doing your job and being like alright well all of that stuff we had we're going to throw it out and go from scratch and you're like uh what <laughs> you know no other business works like that WDB exclusively does this and that can be frustrating too when you're trying to do your job and then your boss pulls the rug underneath you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, well, what, what happened here? Like, what's the point of me putting all this work in exactly. if you're going to have this big figurehead just decide on a dime, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and change everything. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to look at these people, look at who they are, find out what their experiences are. And then obviously, like you said before, find out exactly what the dynamics are backstage and find out if it is a situation where they're pitching these ideas, but yet it's always being altered or changed maybe at the 12th hour mm. because someone doesn't like it. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's probably the best way to look at it. Well, another thing I think would be very, very interesting to look at is the big news of AED. 
AEW. Now, we talked about AEW, obviously, when we were referring to Dean Ambrose as maybe a potential landing spot for the superstar. But there's a lot of other things going on with AEW. They also had another uh, press conference, pep rally. I'm not really quite sure what we want to call it these days because they had one and now this is their second one but they went ahead and they made some other major announcements now just to kind of give you the cliff notes of that they were mentioning and they had several different wrestlers come out who they have agreed to contracts with and the two most high profiled ones were chris jericho and kenny omega yep that same kenny omega that everyone thought may go to wwe or he may go somewhere else Unfortunately for all of those fans who are wishing to see him maybe show up at a WrestleMania, namely myself, he will not be. He is officially under contract with AEW. Daryl, let me ask you this question. From the names that have been released that are now officially with AEW, mm. does any of them surprise you? And did the announcement of Kenny Omega really surprise you? Or did you think, nah, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. He's no. staying with his crew. Yeah, no, it's pretty much a done deal. You know, I don't think... And the books even said it, you know, there recently. They're like, "Oh, do you think we're gonna do this without our uh, without our brother?" You know, it makes sense. It's it's this this is a this is <laughs> a better version of the job for the boys, you know. Um, but I don't think Kenny Omega is silly enough to go to WWE. He knows what's there. He knows what happens. Uh, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability that AJ Styles has. Some people are screaming, "Don't at me." Um, right now, uh, you know, to to kind of get over, and even still, look at some of the garbage that AJ has been dealing with in WWE. I feel that he knows that this is going to be a better move for him in the short term. You know, working with Chris Jericho again, working on these hot angles, so it just kind of makes sense to be honest with you. Well, just to let you know, you know, there's been a lot. I mean, a lot of people who have joined. AEW and have signed contracts since this whole explosion, if you will, of all elite wrestling has happened. So just to give you kind of an idea of who is going to be on their roster, obviously Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Jericho, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Joey Janela. I'm just kind of give you some of the, the cliff notes of the, the more well-known individuals, uh, Pentagon Jr., Phoenix, Jimmy Havoc. And then some of the ones that you may or may not be as familiar with. Uh, T-Hawk uh, is another one. Jungle Boy is another one. Chuck Taylor. Trent, Ber- uh, is it Berea? Beretta. Beretta. Yep. And then Sammy, wow, I can't even say it. Guarva. So, interesting. They got a lot of a lot of people here. And obviously they got a really great female roster. They got Brandy Rhodes, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford. Uh, Kong, uh, Kylie Ray, and Nyla Rose. So, a lot. Yeah, there's there's two things that you can do, right? And you can either try to be like the WWE, which, for right for the record, do not try to be like the WWE. Uh, <laughs> that's a bad idea. But or you can try to be something different. And these guys know that there's something different. They know they have the atmosphere. And you know what it really feels like, Mike. To be honest with you. And it, it really, really feels like this, particularly the way it's presented, even the way the, the the screen looks from these press conferences. It feels like WCW in a good way. Yeah, no, it does. It, it feels like it's it's the beginning of something again, and which is which is very very exciting. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, 
I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know when they're going to put their product on as far as television is concerned, but they're definitely going to get a lot of eyeballs. They're definitely going to get a lot of people that are going to take a look at this product. And obviously only time will tell if they are able to garner an audience that is consistent. And, you know, a lot of people will show up for the first couple of episodes, but the big test is the longevity. Is somebody Mm going to want to come out on a continuous basis and support the product and support house shows as well? So, but I think so far everything they've done has been really good. The hype has been really good. I think with the online, the YouTube series being the elite has done a lot for the product as well. So they're using social media to their advantages right now. And they're doing things that, I mean, arguably WWE has the same access to do to get their product out. But I just think some people know how to utilize things a little bit better than others. Yeah. And I think that's important to kind of important to to emphasize they're aware of what they have and they're aware of what they're able to to bring to the table emphasizing that is super important and it's something that wwe have kind of lost you know they they, they always say oh WWE, to bash wwe we're not i'm not i'm just saying that from a from a youth standpoint you know looking ahead it's a way easier for these guys to kind of connect with their fans than WWE and it's solely because the way WWE present themselves they're a massive corporation that deal with all this kind of stuff and dealing with their fans is often second you know it's not something that they would choose to emphasize you know anyone who's worked in this form of media for a while knows the difference between dealing with the WWE and dealing with literally any other wrestling company in the world. WWE are notoriously difficult to, to actually deal with. And that's just from my experience of being in the wrestling media for the 12 years. Compared to, well, sorry, well, compared to even Impact or any other one, you know? No, no, I'm with you completely. I think that, do you think it's a generational thing as well? And, and what I mean by that is, I feel like in a lot of ways, as, as much as WWE attempts to be and positions themselves to be this you know, new wave of thinking, this new generation, no pun intended, um, you know, forward thinking organization. I still feel like in a lot of ways backstage, it doesn't really follow that perception. And I feel like other companies are starting to recognize that. And they're starting to realize that, you know, for as much as WWE wants to tout themselves as being a forward thinking company and, taking themselves into the next, you know, 20, 30 years and equality and doing things with women's wrestling, which they claim is Stephanie McMahon, depending on who you talk to, that she created it when it was going on in many, many other places before WWE. But I think that, you know, other organizations right now are looking at the WWE model going, yeah, they say they do this, but they don't really follow through. We are going to say we're going to do this and we are going to follow through. And I think in my opinion, Dara, that's the big thing right now. It's the delivery. It's the here's what we promise and here's what we're going to deliver. And yeah, it, it's about, you saw the McMahons in the ring several months ago and they said, hey, everything's going to change. We're going to give you a better product. We're going to be in charge. We dropped the ball. Have you honestly – can you honestly say you've seen a change in the product for better or maybe or for worse since they have made that big uh, profound statement? No. It's gotten worse. I, but that's my point. Yeah. They say it, but they never deliver. It's because, Mike, you hit the nail on the head. You saw the McMahons in the ring, 
the minute you see the McMahons in the ring, it, you're going to have a bad time. You know, we should never see the McMahons in the ring ever again. You know, um, because they bring nothing to the table. Honest to God, like when when you have a situation where Shane McMahon is winning the greatest, you know, wrestler in the company. <laughs> And you know, a couple of couple of weeks later, then he's coming out saying, "Oh, we know we dropped the ball." That's not. That's a company that's out of touch, and I don't think they know they're out of touch, um, because the you know, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, but you know, the stock's doing so well and their revenues up." I'm like, "Yeah, but their viewerships are down." You know, you can you can you can be profitable like. East, um, sorry, WCW was still profitable when I went out of business. Not saying WWE was going to go out of business, but that's not always the way to measure the success of a company. There's been this void for, what, 18 years now? Um, yeah, I've been 19. Yeah, everybody looking for a number two. Why? If WWE was so great and doing what we wanted them to do, or even, you know, interesting, that need wouldn't be there. Now, some would say, well, NXT is like that. Yeah, NXT is like that. But you see what happens instantly once they go to the main roster. The ball is dropped. And, you know, guys who you love, guys and girls who you love in the in in, in that um, company, it just becomes a tragedy story. You know, like how many, how many great wrestlers have we seen just poof, gone. Oh, oh, as soon as they go up to the main roster. Right. No, I mean, I agree with you, and, and, and that's that should be alarming to a lot of people, and I think a lot of people are – a lot of people are looking at WWE a lot differently and, and through a different pair of glasses than they once used to look at it. I mean, no matter what you think of, of WWE as being the pinnacle, as being the, the Super Bowl of wrestling, whatever you want to think about, you got to not just get caught up in the big major pay-per-views and the big moments, but you have to look at it from a day-to-day grind when the lights aren't as bright, when they are traveling and, and doing, oh my God, over 300 and some odd shows a year and they're working through injuries and how the company may or may not be the greatest when it comes to being supportive. It makes you really question why is it that people are sacrificing themselves to the degree that they are to try to impress who? Because the wrestling industry right now is so wide open. And I've often said that it, I, th- I think we'll get back to the territories. You m- said more so on a global territorial level, which yeah. I would agree with even more. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that they have that that capture rate that they once used to have. And I think that a lot of people are seeing that. And they're seeing that there's a lot of money that can be made elsewhere. But like we're going to get into with you know people like Kenny Omega and or even Dean Ambrose, from a creative perspective, if you love wrestling – and you don't want to be dictated to every second of the day and have these silly ideas thrown out to you. You know, there's there's somewhere else to go. But here's and the thing. these guys are going to go somewhere else. That's that's it, Mike. You know, there for the longest time, you know, we've heard that the more wrestling there is, the better for the business. And it's because of stuff like this. Like, look, the Achidero was silly. Very silly. There were some really stupid things in, in the Achidero. But the difference was, <laughs> everyone was able to be featured in their own way it wasn't just well this is the end of that you know or it's this or nothing and that for the longest time in WWE hasn't been a thing you know it's kind of like well if you're given this you better do it 
or else there's no there's no other way. And I know some people were saying, well, what about you know TNA? Yeah, well, look, TNA is TNA. You know, it's always <laughs> going to be TNA. Even the fact that I'm still calling it TNA when it hasn't been TNA for about four years proves that point. But what I what I mean to say is, there really wasn't somewhere else to go. It was just either that or you know you might get lucky with a big contract. And now it feels like there is more of a scope. There is more of an ability to go, well, you know, maybe I can go somewhere else. And look, that's always a good thing. It seems like AEW, they have the money. They have, More importantly, more importantly than the money, they have the actual know-how that they actually know what they're doing. You know, like, you know, TNA, I hate to go back to them again, but they had money and they just threw it all away because nobody had a clue what they were doing. Well, and once again, money doesn't necessarily, you know, equal success because like you said, we've seen companies that have had money and once again, kind of like AEW, it's it's great to have it. It's great to have the financial backing, but if you don't know what you're doing with the money, it's, then yeah. there's no point. You're throwing there, it away. There, there's no direction. Yeah. There's no vision. You know, and that's the difference. Um there was no in the beginning of TNA there was vision. In the beginning of WCW there was vision. Uh, same with WWE you know uh, during its creative periods now there's nothing now it's just a waste and an absolute mess and that just seems to be the wrestling world in general uh, in North America in particular where instead of these being companies that you know you'd look up to and go okay great I know what's coming I know what I'm, I'm watching you turn on Raw and it's the same you know what every week um, it's boring and you know it's not enthused you know and there's nothing to get enthusiastic about when you watch AEW or All In, which is the only thing we have really to compare off it, that had a totally different feel. It felt like a different show. It felt like a different company. It, it, you know, it, it was vibrant. And that's that's important. There's no vibrancy in wrestling nowadays to the same extent as different time periods. And it's because there's no competition. There's no reason to get, to get better. Like, remember, if it wasn't for ECW, for WCW uh, in the 90s, we still would have been stuck with Dyke the Clown and John Gazalis and probably Hulk Hogan again for a million years. You know, all this kind of stuff from the cartoon era of WWF was only kind of got rid of because it had to. That's what Vince wants. That's what he always pushes. Vince wants what he wants because it's his company. And any of the dumb, you know what, can be blamed at Vince to a large degree because, you know, you look at it. What was John Cena? He was Hulk. Oh, Hulk Hogan. There's another one who I hate. I hate Hulk Hogan more than anything. Um, he was just Hulk Hogan again. You know? Um, and I don't mean that in just a, a, a literal sense. Like, he is Hulk Hogan again. And, you know, it came off that way. So, what I'd say is, we will see a clear divide with the wrestlers where either they're they are happy enough to just get on and you know put their hours in and then you know have a career or they want to try something new and that kind of leads into what you're saying with Batista and Brock Lesnar um I don't think Brock Lesnar will actually move I think this is just a play for him to make money this is like because he is oh is he always gonna go back to UFC thing that's a play just for money Batista he might actually I can see Batista do it just because he's so you know he's so unpredictable and he hasn't done it, so they might. 
and there's been a lot of rumors that have been floating around right now because there are several, you know, former wrestlers who, and I hate to use the word former because you're never really former. I mean, yeah. you never really retire from the business either. Exactly, but yeah. you you look at some of these guys who want to get back into the game, and Dave Batista definitely mentioned that he wanted to get back into it. Now he was, you know, negotiating and, and having some some conversations with WWE, but then obviously. You know, it's another leverage piece here. Is is AEW something that he would want to make a surprise appearance at? And would he make a bigger splash there? I mean, they do definitely have the money to go ahead and throw at him. Mm. So you're right. Do I think a Brock Lesnar necessarily would go to an AEW? I, I don't know. I would probably say no. But, but I, what I would say is if it was maybe just for a couple appearances, if, if he had maybe five or six appearances scheduled for a year and it was something that he was able to work into his schedule, would he do it? I mean, Brock does it for the love of money. And I think if the money's there, Brock is definitely listening to those offers. So it's, it's interesting. I think those are more of hood ornament signings, not necessarily the engine and, uh, you know, all the important parts that are underneath the hood. Yeah. But it definitely is going to get people to, to, to at least pay attention to it if they're like, whoa, whoa, I hear that these guys may be showing up. So yeah. it definitely keeps that that interest level continuing to build. The important thing, Mike, is with, with all these signings, and some people are probably mentioning, going, oh, you know, you're very harsh on, on all these companies, but all they're doing is signing old guys. You know what? There's a difference between signing, quote, old guys and signing some talent to put over the younger guys. If they start wheeling out, you know, who who who's someone who's past his prime in the WWE? Kurt Angle. I don't know. Even Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle could actually probably still go. Um, to be fair, the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Or Kane. If they start signing Kane, we'll go. Oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna strap the give you the belt, or if they wheel out Hulk Hogan from whatever crypt he's in, um, <laughs> do you know, and say oh, we're gonna put the belt on you, then. You know, then we have something to really worry about. But there's a difference between doing that and, you know, bringing in some established talent, like Chris Jericho to go against Kenny Omega. That's cool because, look, Jericho's still a great worker and, you know, he, he has a great mind for the business, even being a backstage, you know, uh, figure, which is probably what he's actually really there to do. Um, that's totally different. What they need to do is they need to find stars from... They need to kind of do what WWE did. Go through their NXT, find... A similar way of doing that search your talent out beyond just america ireland has a great wrestling scene uk has an amazing wrestling scene same as you know, scotland uh, being the forefront europe has a great wrestling scene japan has wrestling if you're going to be if you're actually going to make a go with this you need to get some of the best talents around the world yes wdb has already kind of beaten people to this cause this is what uh, triple h has been working on uh, in his own you know, in his own play to make NXT so competitive and so vibrant. So they need to kind of take that and run with it. Find the talent, sign the talent and build it because you can't have a wrestling company. Uh, TNA proved this. You can't have your a wrestling company that's actually competitive with the WWE by trying to be WWE. They want to try and be anything. They need to be NXT. That's, that's a better model. That's a more sustainable model to make. Um, if you can kind of capture that, put your own spin on it, and build up your own stars, well, then you have a wrestling company for life. But the biggest way to lose money is to start a wrestling company, you know. But <laughs> the difference is, they have minds that actually know what they're doing here. It's not Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan, you know, making a quick book. 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned how you know AEW is is trying to go ahead and, and sign some guys, and and how the decision to either wrestle for WWE or AEW or whomever else. It really depends on how much that the promotion is going to appreciate the talent. And I think nowadays, you know, the money is one thing, but the appreciation is something completely different. And, and I guess what I mean by the appreciation is what are they going to offer the talent as far as the creative perspective goes? You know, are you really listening to them when they sit down and negotiate with you? Who do would you really want to see them work with? Who do they really want to work with? You know, you have to make sure that you fulfill them, at least from a perform performer's perspective, as well as a monetary perspective on your side. So kind of segueing into this, this was an interesting comment that I heard from Kenny Omega mentioned, and he said uh, in his recent negotiations with WWE and New Japan, he says, WWE they were more excited to have me than New Japan was. Yeah. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this one here. Do you feel like it's a situation where maybe New Japan kind of said, oh, we've had Kenny for so long, we've had this relationship, they become very comfortable with each other, and then all of a sudden WWE is that is that opportunity that they've never truly had uh, since he originally had left that they really wanted to get him back because they feel like they made a mistake? So – what are your thoughts on his comments there, and are you surprised by those? Uh, no. WWE has a has a track record of signing people to sign people. You know, just in case someone else can get them. That's This goes back to the Monday Night Wars thing, where they, they just bring in talent just to have them on the roster. Um, and that's... You know, that's, that's what they do. And they end up just being used. You know, there's reports after reports where we hear guys from um, from on the main roster who are from NXT begging to go back to NXT. How often do we hear that weekly? Um, and it's it's because of stuff like this. They get signed. They're like, okay, cool. And then they, there's nothing for them. New Japan. I I'm not shocked. You know, like the Omega kind of done everything. You can in New Japan. Now, so, before and, we you know, go ahead and put a bow tie on this episode, something sense. I did want to bring up uh, to everyone here is, um, as we saw uh, all over uh, different wrestling websites here, the new installment of Chris Jericho's Rock in Wrestling Rager at Sea is going to be taking place January the 20th through the 24th. 2020 obviously jericho also revealed that the all elite wrestling will be joining this as well there's going to be a lot of different superstars they will be leaving from miami they will be going down uh to the bahamas as well it'll be a lot like what they did the last time but um i think it'll be even more exciting this time because it'll be a brand new era when it comes to the rock and wrestling rager especially with the all with with the all in being so successful aew being so successful so if you have not seen that big announcement, you can check out the episode that's titled Sail Away Man, Being the Elite, Episode 124. Any thoughts, any comments on this, or do you think that this is definitely going to be something for the foreseeable future that we're going to see wrestling fans have a chance to join in and be a part of? Uh, am, I, well, am I banned from this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's a good question I, I I don't know if if making comments about Fozzie definitely uh 
prevents you from being on the cruise? I don't think it would. I don't know. But then again, who knows? I mean, you could go to the website and try to reserve your cabin and all of a sudden it says eh, 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 denied. Who our, knows, our, our show up and there's a picture. It's like, don't let this Twitter handle in. Um, well, that that's just like me trying to go to a, a wrestling uh, a Christmas party that has Jim Cornette. Yeah, and I'm on the guest list. I, I, that somebody screwed something up here. <laughs> oh, is he one you're hated, Mike? Oh, yeah. I am. I am loathed by one Jim Cornette, and uh, it's 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 out there for the world to see. I, I believe um, James Truepenny actually has the exact uh, transcript of what was said to me because when I was blocked by Jim Cornette defending Kenny Omega, uh, he he went off on me. So. Yeah. You know what? It is what it is. We all see things from different perspectives. Jim has his. I have mine. And that's the beauty of life. We all we all can see things differently. Let's just keep it clean. At least and that's it, all I have to say. At least that's wrestling related. You know, a millionaire blocking me over making bad comments about his band is a bit petty. But um, that that in itself is a little bit. Yeah, you, you, you got to know that if you're going to be on social media, that you got to have some level of thick skin. Yeah. And, and yeah. you got to understand people are going to troll you just to see how far they can push your buttons. Well, here's the thing. I didn't even troll them. I was just honestly reviewing well, a, a poor album. That's well, all. well, I don't mean necessarily you, but I'm just saying people in general will do that. They yeah. will just go ahead and they'll find people and they'll just try to make comments. Yeah. I think yours was justified. Yours was justified. You were, you know, talking about how you weren't digging it and you know they had done a lot of covers as well hadn't they yeah well look fuzzy like i've been a fan of fuzzy and that's this is the worst part i was a fan of fuzzy since the beginning the first album was a con was like they were you know pretending to be a this is actually the lore so again guys we're getting a bit deep in the lore today but so the lore of fuzzy (laughs) is that uh, they were a band in the 80s that went off to japan and apparently they had loads of songs that sounded similar to like famous metal songs so the first album were all covers, right? And that's why they showed up on Raw. And, you know, Chris Jericho was pretending not to be Chris Jericho. So then the second album came along and they're like, this is silly. Let's actually just write real songs. So then they started writing real songs. And that's around the time period that they wrote Enemy and a few other tunes. Um, then they released a, cutter, a, a couple of other albums and did a bit of touring. Um, so they became a pretty decent band. But when I started reviewing them, I was working for a website called Planet Mosh at that time. And um, they said, here they are, here's, a, here's the new album for you. I'm like, cool. Um, you're you're going to go see the show next next month. So I reviewed the album and then I found out while I was at the gig that um, I was blocked from their Twitter page. So my friend's bands were the, the opening band. So I just spent the entire review reviewing them instead of Fuzzy. Wow. <laughs> so I was just like, well, you know, I'm blocked. So Chris Jericho wore a sparkly jacket. That was fun. Um, <laughs> and that was pretty much the review for them. But uh, yeah, man, it was just, it's one of the weirdest things ever. Because like, the, um, the review wasn't harsh. It was just like the best song on the track was an ABBA cover. And the review was, if your best thing on your album is an ABBA cover, you should really try harder. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Once again, it's uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I'm sure that they've heard a lot worse than that on social media. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, look, if people are going to to the are going to the rock and wrestling cruise, you know, have a great time. You know, cruises. I've never been on one. I have friends to have, and look, it's basically a floating hotel, so it's fun. And if it makes money for them, even better. 
Well, I think a lot of people are digging it just because it is something that's different. I know WCW did one at one point in time. Um, I know WWF did one at one point in time in the 90s. So I, it's not a new concept per se, but I think what they're trying to do is a little bit different. So they're bringing different talent in and music people and comedians and they're having a wrestling tournament that's actually on the ship as well. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting. For sure. We have covered so much today, and I do appreciate uh, Darrow O'Connor joining us this week. Once again, just to recap, we talked about what's happening with Dean Ambrose and where could he pop up. We talked about all things AEW. Were we surprised that Kenny Omega turned down WWE? What was the big contract offer that the Bucks got from WWE? Darrow went ahead and shared that with us. You know, when it comes to big stars, is, is AEW going to be able to land them? Well, we talked about that. When it comes to Batista and the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, might they be appearing in AEW? We're just going to have to wait and find out. So many things, and there's always going to be more. If you'd like to continue this conversation with us online, we'd be more than happy to. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mike Freeland. That's M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Dare if people want to continue this conversation with you, how can they reach out to you? So, if you guys want to at me, you can at DaraWVA, sorry, at D-A-R-R-A-G-H is my Twitter handle. And if you want to check out my other vast content, go over to nerdtoknowmedia.com um, and you can you know, find everything you want there. Once again, if you go to a WWE event or even an Impact event and you hold up a Katie Vick scale sign, definitely go ahead, let us know. If you even see it on television, go ahead and screen capture it for us, send it to us. Dara will make sure that we get you a nice partying gift for uh, for continuing the legacy that uh, that is the Katie Vick scale. So I'm like, on that, and, on that I want to, to, to add an addendum, right? So here's the deal, okay. guys. Here's the deal. If you go to a wrestling show and it gets on TV, it can only be for a second. If the Katie Vick sign gets on the TV, I will personally send you a Steam game code. Of you know, on the list I have, I have like twenty or thirty of them, um, and you can take your pick, and you will get it for absolutely free. The only thing is, it has to be on TV at some point. Katie Vick, it could be you know some reference to Katie Vick it could be the Katie Vick scale an actual scale um, just it has to be on there and you know just you can either uh, attach that to myself or Mike's Twitter um, or you know J, uh, the True Penny Show Twitter or whatever just once we find out about it you know we'll, we'll get in touch we will be in contact with you because we want to make sure that the Katie Vick scale continues to live on. It needs to be a worldwide world worldwide phenomenon, Mike. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. And speaking of things that I love, we just talked about it. The True Penny Show. If you're loving everything we're doing here on The Rewind, definitely go ahead and check out James True Petty and his cast of Wrestling Minds as they talk about all things that happen in Japan. The True Penny Show. You can find them anywhere fine podcasts are made available that's basically anywhere if you'd like to go ahead and interact with them on social media you can find them at the true penny show which is going to be on twitter and if you'd like to contact the man himself mr james true penny you can find him at sheriff lone star the true penny show the reason why the freeland rewind is available to you 
All right, dear. Any final parting comments before we say goodbye to everybody this week? So, wrapping up to, well, bringing it back to how we started off the show, Mike. Uh, it turns out that um, AXS support have got back to me and have give, have finally sent me <gasps> out my e-ticket. So, Nice. Play, so fair you play. are all set for your Poppy concert. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and for anyone who who's familiar with it, knows how weird and awesome that's going to be. So, uh, I'm excited. And if anyone's in San Francisco and going to uh, the Poppy concert, feel, you know, pun intended, pop by and say hey, because I'll be there. I'll be the Irish guy with long hair and glasses. So, <laughs> can they can they bring a Katie Vick sign to the Poppy concert? Oh, do actually if they bring a Katie Vick sign to the concert, they'll get two Steam games. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> you know what? I was really excited about this Poppy concert, but then I realized when I was looking up online, you're not talking about Poppy from Trolls. No. no so, no. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be out on this one. I'm a big Trolls mark. <laughs> but for everyone who likes the real artist, not not the fake cartoon version, I'm very juvenile. Uh, definitely check out. Uh, tickets should be available anywhere where tickets are made available to you. She will be in San Francisco. What are the date of that show? The 24th. So basically I'm going to fly into San Francisco and I have four hours to get from the airport to the venue. So there's no excuse, guys, if you're in San Francisco. Go to the show. You need to vlog this or you need to do some videos or something like that and post that on social media so we can follow you during your uh, voyage to the Poppy concert. I myself would love that. That's not so a bad idea. Just something, something <laughs> to keep in mind. And if you see anybody that has like a Poppy from Trolls, please get a picture of them at the concert and send it to me. You can at me with that because I'm a huge troll fan. Yeah, I'm almost 40 years old. But you know what? I still love me some trolls. All right. I promise I'm done. I've creeped out enough people for one week. <laughs> for my amazing esteemed colleague, Mr. Darrow O'Connor, my name is Mike Freeland. Thank you so much for listening to the Freeland Wrestling Rewind. We'll catch you next week. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of WrestleView here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, WrestleView.com, and NerdToKnowMedia.com here on WrestleView.